told Phyllis, I said, I looked out the window early this morning, the rain turning into snow. I said, wow, you know, it'd be a good morning to just have uh, chicken noodle soup or something. And um, toasted cheese sandwiches. And yeah, yeah, that, yeah. I'm like, I hope nobody else is thinking that this morning. They, you wouldn't. Um, you know, uh, this, um, it's been very significant, this journey I've been on. I came to a place where I needed to change some things in the worship team, equipment-wise, and needed stuff. And I'm looking around, and I'm like, oh, I could use $5,000, like, right now, you know, boom. And, uh, and then uh, I, I often get stuck at that point, like, how do I get it, and what do I do, and what's the right way? And... Um, didn't quite have that amount in our worship account. So I worked through it, and, and I, I just took that anxiousness. I, hopefully you can relate to anxiousness about things sometimes. I would hope it's not just me. I took that. It has value, that anxiety, that striving. And it, there can be a lot of mixed feelings in that. There usually are. So it's not just a single feeling. It's, there are feelings. There's an, uh, uh, you feel stuck, and there's just all kinds of things that start firing off in your mind of uh, walls and hindrances and barriers, and, and you can move into frustration and, and despair. And So uh, I worked through it one morning up here, prayer, pray, praying, and I, and I went, I, how, I need to sow seed for this. I'm not going to ask for it going to sow seed for this. I asked the worship team and a few people to stand with me, and they're like, yeah, we'll, we'll do that. We'll stand for me. Stand with me. And so did that, and um, in the midst of that, I found out there was some uh, money in, in an account that we had closed that Diane said, here, you can have this. And I'm like, okay, but I don't want to just put it in the, like, I want to sow it. So it was the beginning of sowing the seed. We ended up, uh, and some of you helped me with this, came up with a significant seed because in this struggle, I realized I needed to sow into something bigger than just some equipment. That I needed to, I wanted to sow into the worship team to go beyond where I am. And um, it was a great place to get to, like, oh, wow, this is much bigger than I originally thought. And it's not just for money, it's for people and resources. And, and uh, that life that continues in, in what we do, oh, something kind of gave way there. Fall apart on me, okay. And um, I've watched ministries and churches and et cetera, et cetera, go into a death spiral. If that happens, it's really hard to pull up out of it. And uh, I've been close enough to it and watched it several times that uh, it's it's scary. And um, I don't want that. I don't want it just you know, these things, they never quite die. They just get to where they're in a should-be-dead state, you know, and they kind of continue living, you know, move. I don't want that kind of church. I don't want that kind of ministry. I don't want anything, and I don't think you do either. So I began to put together this seed, and we sowed $2,200 at that point. I held the check up, like, here we go. Sowed it to Sean Foyt's ministry. Felt really good about that. And then just waited for the Lord, waited on the Lord, wait on the Lord. 
Wait on the Lord. What's waiting on the Lord looking like? Well, look like like that's that's when you stop striving. You see striving. You know that's illegal. You stop coming up with all your great ideas. All for all of those uh, of you that can be schemers about things like I you know, can relate to me because I can go there you know real easily, and I always feel the death in it though. I always know. I mean, right away, I feel grieved and quenched, like I know this isn't right. I know it's not what the Lord wants. I'm figuring out things. Hey, we could do that, you know. And so waiting on the Lord is waiting on the promise with no idea how it's going to happen. That's the best. The, the more empty you feel in that moment, probably the better it is, the re- more real it is. You really don't know. You can't even imagine how it's going to happen or where it's coming from. That's a great place to be, actually. And um, <clears throat> so Phyllis made a decision to tithe out of them some money that she got into the worship team. And like, bam, like, I didn't ask her to do that. And she didn't know what the amount was that I was like, I need this right now. I could use this right now. I could spend this right, right now. And um, uh, so I think I'm supposed to tithe into the worship team. No way. No way. That's, yeah, that's. That's a great idea. Where'd you come up with that at? You know, but I know I hadn't said anything and definitely wasn't forcing that. And um, so that really like, wow, that was big. And then um, Cindy Vincent has been, um, I, yeah, I just need to show, share this with you. You can, yeah, I'll apologize later, Cindy, if I go say something I shouldn't. But she, she's been reading through the Bible and the last reading so how many times have you gone through, like, in the last year? Three? And it, it, now, here's the thing. Here's what's really important for you. It has changed her. Like, it, it, it caused a change. It caused an effect, and she's just reading her Bible, just reading. So um, the last is she felt she was to come here to the church and read through the Bible out loud. Now, I don't know how many of you, I, I'm not real fond of reading out loud. I have to make myself read out loud. It, it takes extra energy. Like Phyllis will be like, read that to me. I'm like, I, that's a lot of work. I don't want to read that to you. You know, like, you know, I just don't like to, to, to read. I don't need my 20,000 words in a day. You know, I'm, I'm good with being more quiet. And, um, and so, uh, but Cindy committed to that. Phyllis r- helped her. Cindy, Cynthia Woods came and helped you. Like, and they would, come here and it had to be here and it had to be so she she walked that out she'd often come saturday morning spend hours and hours thursdays six sixty six chapter what's that six sixty oh and of course cindy is like this is how she functions and so she went we got to hit we have to hit 60 chapters yeah those are the kind of people it takes to get these things accomplished so yep well they finished this week, this Saturday, she texted me. I was down at the house. I was not reading out loud, and uh, and I was just studying, you know, and whatever. And she texted me like, "Finished, done." I'm like, "Oh, congratulations! That's great, you know." And then they came down to the house when they were done. She goes, "Hey, I want to give you something." And she hands me this package of envelopes, and I'm looking. And she said, she had committed. She raised money. Every chapter she read, you know, like you do a walkathon or a marathon, or whatever, a dollar a chapter for everything she read. And she'd, she got some people to help her, and she put this money together and wanted to give it to the worship team. 
Now, y'all know there's 66 books in the Bible, but how many of you know how many chapters there are in the Bible? 1,189. So that seed I sowed is still producing, and I expect to produce even more. Like, it's, it's really, and it was like, I did the right thing. Yay! You know, like, I, I've got it right. And I waited on the Lord. You know, no nails, but I waited. And the Lord provided and gave, the, like, and, and supplied. And, and it's not just, it's, it's people. And, and uh, it's been working in this time, you know, through this whole season of praying this and waiting. Like, it took a while to sow it, but... Like, I felt like there was a release, and there's been a release in my, our whole life and our finances and everything. As I re-upped my tithing and made this little adjustment to do it with all my heart and to do it with faith, because I heard this, t- this teaching, like, Robin Bullock really clicked something with me. Like, I really I got something I hadn't gotten before. And uh, this principle of sowing and of reaping and har- you know, sowing and harvest. And, and so... Um, so I've done that, and, and, and things have just uh, changed in, incredibly. And, and not only do I have uh, stuff and, and things that I wanted, and, um, but I also have people. I've got two more guitar players that are we're working, and it's, it's a slow process, but they are getting, we're getting things and doing things and working. And, uh, and, and I have uh, uh, a keyboard player in training that I'm working with, like, Tempe Muck, like she's, I've been working with her like mostly once a week and we get together. And in, in a short time, she's, she's like getting to where she can play along with me. If I play my guitar, she can play the chords. And um, yeah, so I'd approached her with that. And uh, especially since she's not in here, here, here's the real gift in that. And this is, this is why I sewed into it because uh, first of all, keeping Kevin off the high tension lines and at church is a big, that takes faith. Like, cause every windstorm is like, he's out doing, climbing around like a monkey and whatever. And uh, <clears throat> so it's, you know, it takes faith just to keep him here, just that he's here. And, and hopefully he's gonna preach here in a week or so. Is that next week already? Yeah, yeah. If you're yeah, still on the planet and not, yeah. So looking forward to that. And, um, I'd heard, you know, as I've been starting to work with Tempe, and this is, I lose a lot of people that start things because something else comes in and takes them right back out. This happened to me a lot of times. And uh, you can't say anything, but it gets discouraging. Like, how do you build when everyone that starts then gets pulled off to something else? And I had learned she had made a decision if she was going, there was something, a program, something at school that was coming up. And she's like, no, I'm not going to do that next year. I'm going to be on the worship team. I'm going to be like, I'm putting that as a priority. I'm like, wow, that's what I sewed into. That's what the Lord's given me. Like that's, that's, yeah, you can't make that happen. And, and so it's like, wow, it's just so, so good. So this is a really testimony. And um, Lacey gets to count, you know, do, do all these. I, I think there's a lot of dollar bills in here. That Cindy went, somebody's going to hate me for this. I'm like, it's, yeah, that's okay. So anyways, 
If you want to take this back. Yeah, good stuff, huh? And I'm telling you, I could go into details about things that are happening in my personal finances. It's, it's nuts. I'll say it a little bit what I can say. You need the Lord's blessing on your finances. If you don't think that, you're prideful, you're arrogant, and you're, you're going to lose more money than you're going to save. You want the Lord's blessing on you and on your money. And there's, that's very spiritual. Because the opposite of that is arrogance. When you bump into a person that says, I don't need to ask, I don't need God to do anything. I'll bump into those people once in a while. Like, I don't I want to ask because I, you know. I say, you know what that is? That's major pride. When you don't, and that was my approach many years in my young Christianity. Like, oh, I'm, I'm better than that. I don't need to ask God for a bunch of stuff. <laughs> As I've gotten old enough to know better, I'm like, I need God for everything. And he's blessed by that because now I'm a grandparent and I know what it means for little ones to say, hey, dad, you know, hey, grandpa, hey, papa. I need this. I know you can get this for me, you know, and I'm expecting it. I was listening to... Uh, uh, Barry Bennett is a new teacher that I've run into that's associated with Andrew Womack. Really, I love his teaching. I just love his approach, and I've really been blessed by it. Um, he referred to the parable of, um, which one was it, Phyllis? All of a sudden, I, I shared you with this, this parable about, it, it's not even related to money. It was about... Oh my gosh, my mind just went blank. What was that? What was that about? It was like, it was, oh, oh, it was a horrible story. Yeah, it was these, some of these Bible stories. Ashley told us a long time ago, hey, don't worry about what I watch on, on television or how movies are rated. That Bible is rated X. That Bible you guys have and read is X, you know? She told one teenager, typical, you know. But who can agree, argue with her? There's some rough stuff in there. And um, when, when the king promised her Salome, was that her name? And her, you know, I'll give you, because she danced and it was, of course, sensual, sadistic and all that bad stuff, and, or um, seductive. And she, uh, he, she's, he said, I'll give you up to half of my kingdom, anything you ask. She asked in faith, because why? Because he gave her a promise. And the one thing that she wanted was John the Baptist's head because her mother, of course, had put her up to that. But what Barry Bennett pointed out is she asked that in faith because it was based on a promise that the king gave. Once he gave that promise, she had confidence in his word, in his promise, that it was so ironclad that she knew, I got it. She probably asked it with a horrible look on her face, like, ugh. But the point is, she believed. We have a king, a good king, that gives us promises. Ask of me. Ask of me. He, he baits us. He invites us to ask anything. Ask of me, and I'll give it to you. And, and it's like, 
We need to take, have faith in his promise because he cannot lie. He can't go, he can't go back on, on what he has given. So I've gotten two different instances. One was a whacked out phone bill. I got reimbursed like some 800 and some dollars from the phone company. They don't give money back. They don't like doing that. And, and another thing in my, just in my banking, we were going through some other things and the teller, she goes, hey, this is, this is done. It's over. Everything's fine with it because I was following up on it. She goes, but there's $50 a month coming out of your account going to another account that is like, why, why are you paying that? There's no money owed on it. I'm like, I don't know that I am. It was like a, an equity line, like, a, you know, that safety thing you have in case you overdraw your check, whatever. And uh, it's just a small one. And I had an automatic payment set up on it. Well, it's been paid off forever, you know. And then, but that money kept going into it, but it doesn't show on my thing. It doesn't show that it's still going into it. It, it was hidden. I had no idea, and I wasn't paying attention to my details. It was just typical. You know. She goes, I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. Huh? She goes, it's right here. Da, da, da. We, we find it. She tells me what number to call. Like, it's kind of a big deal to get it straightened out, but I called. Boom, boom, boom. And I, there, was a, a thousand, there was just shy of $1,000 in this that was just going, you know. And I keep going, Wow. There, has, there is a finger that's come and touched my stuff and my weaknesses, inadequacies, and failures. So if that's what your excuse is for doing poorly, that's not even a good excuse because God says, oh, I'm, I'm over that. I'm over your failures. I'm over your messes. I'm over your whatever you can't do right. That, that's great news, you know? Because we're like, we always disqualify ourselves because like, well, I don't do this right. And I don't do that right. You know, and who can argue? <laughs> Your wife even agrees with you, you know? And, and so to have the Lord trump that and go, yeah, but I'll fix it anyways. I'll take care of you. Humble yourself. Give, put me first in all of your stuff and I'll, I'll make it right. I'll fix it. And you can't take it to heaven anyways. Don't worry about it. And, and so, wow, I just can't say enough about the changes that have happened. It's just, I'm, I could go on and on. There's, I, I'm getting money right and left. It's weird. It's, it's crazy. It's crazy. Like not little money, like big money, like bigger money, bigger amounts of money and gifts and things that just, they just come. I'm like, it's come. I hear people talk about that. That was never me. I'm telling you, like, it's, it's me. Like, it's just, it's happening. It's, it's us. So, whew, man, oh, man. Turn to Ephesians chapter 5. There seems to be a, 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 an anointing for me on this um, in Ephesians, I didn't mean to go here, but all of a sudden it's like, oh, this is rolling. I'm, I'm going to stay here. There's oil. <laughs> There's stuff here. So let's, let's go. Let's, and uh, just my heart's just to preach the word and trust that the word changes and transforms us and makes the difference. <clears throat> Ephesians 5 verse 1. 
first, not even the first sentence, just the first phrase, be imitators of God in everything you do. You want to make an adjustment in your life? Like, focus on this, because even in your Christianity, it can be so hard to stay focused, because the million things you should be and do, right? Have you ever struggled with that? Like, I want to get my act together, but I don't even know which act to get together first. You know, like, get this act together, get that together, be, be better here, better there, or, you know, more faith or more prayer, more diligence or what, you know, like, e even that can cause anxiety. It's like, wow, where do I focus? And the enemy loves keeping you jumping around. He loves that. He loves, you know, you're like, I'm going to go after God. He's like, yeah, you do that. Go here. No, no, no. Go over here. No, no, no. Go here. Oh, you should be back there. You know, right? He loves that. It's like, they're still useless. I love it. They still can't get plugged in because now they're trying so hard. They're like, you ever try to get that outlet, you know, that plug in the outlet and it just isn't, you know, you're like, you don't have a turn right or it's this or that. I, I run into that all the time. I'm like, you think I remember how, you know, which side the big side, you know. And it's just so frustrating. And then, then if it's dark, you're like, I know it's right here. Oh, crying out loud. Turn on the light, you know. I can feel it, but I don't want to stick my finger in that hole. You know, like it's, you know. So it feels so good to get clear direction. It's like, do this. Be an imitator of God in everything you do. The word imitator is a Greek word, uh, mimets, and it depicts an actor playing a role, which is a great illustration for us because our culture is full of actors, right? It's so predominant, celebrities, actors. And um, so we're very familiar. We get to where we love certain actors, but we don't love them as a person. And if you knew them as a person, you probably wouldn't love them. You probably don't even like them, right? But you fall in love. We actually love the character they play. Well, I love this character. I love what this role. And a good actor, if you've heard any of them talk, once they get a role, they study that character. They don't study themselves. They study that character. And sometimes they'll go into this mode. I've heard a few talk. I don't listen to this a lot, but I've heard a few talk. And they actually, they study, and they start acting out this character in their everyday life. Like they get into this thing, and with their family, wherever they are, they, they look like that, they talk like that, they, they take this on, they practice this so they can fully get it. It's kind of creepy, actually, what some of them do. It's like you want to be finding a good character to act like because, you know, sometimes they're not always emulating good characters. So I don't know if any of you remember the name Heath Ledger. That's what we're concerned happened to him. He became that one uh, character in one of the Batman. Was he the Joker? Yeah. And, and it was so, he, he got into that so bad, uh, we, he died. And that's what he was doing when he died. That was like an unexplainable death, weird stuff. So there's a price to pay. So 
there's that part of it, but the good part of it is the studying there, they become imitators of something to the point that we watch them and enjoy them because we're, we're, they're, we're so into that character. And so we're all called, whether it's one of our little ones walking around here in a Spider-Man suit, I'm not going to mention any names. Josiah used to be the primary one to come with his costumes on. I'm like, does he have parents? Is somebody watching, you know? I was, I was looking at it about to criticize. You know, you have those. You wouldn't say it to them, but you're thinking it. You're thinking it. <laughs> and those spirits says, like, that's what I want you to do. Put on Christ. Oh, yeah, forget I was thinking it. That's great, you know. Because Jesus wants us to put on something. He wants to put on us. Are, are you still... Still too self-focused? Because the more focused you get on yourself, the more miserable you are. I'll just give you a little secret here, free, free info. You don't get feeling better about yourself by looking more at yourself. I advise you only do that with the leading of the Spirit to show you something, and then we move on. You, you, know, you get released from it and move on. But a full-time study in your navel will make you very depressed, okay? Who's my mother? Where did I come from? Type of thing. <laughs> like, so, study Christ. Put him on, and here's permission. Mimic Jesus. Look like him. Act like him. Let this become your persona. Become an understudy. Become a study of the person, of the ways, of the heart. Because there's treasures there, and that's really the goal, to look like him, to be like him. And in that, we have a greater promise than the actors and celebrities that just get paid well for being a character. We become transformed. So for the, us, this is not, it may even feel like pretend sometimes. You want to kick the dog, but G, you're like, but Jesus wouldn't kick the dog. So, you know, you, I want to, but I'm not going to. But I really want to, but I'm not going to. And we struggle with what we want to do. It's like, that's okay, just so you don't do it. Just say no. Forget about how you feel, just like, I'm following Jesus. I'm following Jesus. I'm acting like Jesus. I'm imitating Jesus here. Jesus would forgive. I wouldn't, but he would. I should. I don't feel like I should, but I should. Like, I'm going to obey him. I'm going to imitate him. What would Jesus do in this? Mimic him and be filled with his thoughts, his love, his deeds, his character, Brian Simmons wrote in his notes. Like, in, in all that he is, mimic that, mimic him. I want to take a moment to, and I was supposed to read my Psalm Isaiah 55. I got to do that. It's not too late. As the snow and rain fall from heaven, do not return until they have accomplished their purpose, soaking the earth and causing it to sprout with new life, providing seed to sow and bread to eat, so also will be the word that I speak. It does not return to me unfulfilled. My word performs my purpose and fulfills the mission I sent it out to accomplish. So, amen.
<clears throat> the word is what, what transforms us and changes us. Isaiah 11, I want to read this again. It is the description of what was going to come on Jesus and be on Jesus. Here's how you identify him when he comes in Isaiah 11, starting in verse 2. The spirit of Yahweh will rest upon him, which indicates the spirit of prophecy would be on him. He's going to declare and proclaim the will of God and the heart of God every place that he goes, which he did. Description about this spirit that was going to be on him, the spirit of extraordinary wisdom, the spirit of perfect understanding, the spirit of wise strategy, the spirit of mighty power, the spirit of revelation, and the spirit of the fear of Yahweh. And so those are the characteristics of the spirit that was on Jesus. And since we're in union with him, as Ephesians explains to us over and over and over again, this is what you have access to. I'm not conjuring this up. You don't have to study any deep languages to figure this out. This is clearly what Jesus wants for us, to be in union and to receive that. So access that, put that on. And we're, we're learning and renewing our minds. I need to make a declaration that that's on me, even when I feel as, as dumb as a stack of bricks. I don't need to comment on that. I just need the spirit of wisdom is on me. When I come up and practice my instrument, my guitar, my, my keyboard, I've been praying for, super, for more anointing. I've been tapping into what's available to me, not looking at my own uh, abilities. I might have to do a repair on this thing right in the middle of something happened. Our pet's heads are falling off. I don't know why. <laughs> and yes, that's a bad quote. I shouldn't be too quote. Everything's falling off. Hang on. Hang on. Don't touch that. Goodness. If, um, continue on in Isaiah 11 about what Jesus looks like and what we're to look like with this, with this command, this word from Paul to imitate Christ. He will find his delight in living by the spirit of the fear of the Lord. He will neither judge by appearances nor make the decisions based on rumors. Oh boy, could we use an upgrade, huh? This, living in this life, in this society, in this culture, like the temptation to have an opinion and tap into rumors and not being able to discern what's, it's so, it's so huge. But do you realize how different you would look if you stopped buying into things and if you have wisdom, you could quietly have discernment about what the truth is, we have access to that in the Spirit. With righteousness, he will uphold justice for the poor and defend the lowly of the earth. His words will be like a scepter of power. That con Am I reading that? Yeah. That conquers the world, and with his breath, he will slay the lawless one. Wow. So he's one that has a word that's, Different. He speaks in the situation like he's in the situation and it's, it's way over the top. It's not normal. He's not another man. He has perception. He doesn't judge with his eyes. He doesn't judge with just his ears, uh, what he hears, the rumors he hears, but he discerns 
in the spirit what, what's truth. I want to be that person. I want to be more like that person. I want to imitate that person. And I, I, I still, like, I constantly, I'm working on saying less. And I, I've gotten quieter in these days. But I know how many foolish things I say that everybody around me gets used to. Like, that's just Rick. But I'm like, no, don't need. It's amazing if you really start paying attention to your words, how much less you'll actually comment. And you start speaking whatsoever is good, whatsoever is pure, what's in faith. Like we'll make sarcastic comments to people. I don't know why we do it. It's not premeditated, just out of your mouth it comes. And remember, the imitation, you're to be, um, the spirit of prophecy is supposed to be on you. So when we say those kind of things and we're careless in our words, we're not functioning. Well, anyway, it's not the good prophecy. We're tapping into the bad, the bad thing, what the enemy wants to say to your wife, to your husband, to your kids. I don't want to participate in that. And it's if you're, you have to be intentional about this because you're, you know, if your fallen nature's come alive at all, like, I know, maybe just mine, but, you know, if that's supposed to be dead, but it's, come, you know, pops up out of the grave, like, wow. Wouldn't it be freaky if we went to the cemetery and there's people sticking up out of the ground halfway, you know, still talk, like, hey, tip, don't. When we, when the old man that's supposed to be dead comes back alive, that's what we look like. We're like, you're decrepit looking, you're coming up out of the grave and you're living again. Like, don't do that. Crucified, done, buried, gone, get out of here. Wow. Wow, wow. And we haven't even got off this first phrase. Be imitators of God in everything. Turn with me to John. Very familiar passage. Um, John chapter 3. And this was from John the Baptist, and he makes this statement. I love, this is really refreshing reading in the Passion Translation. I see in verse, um, chapter 1, verses 32 and 33. Chapter 1, verses 32 and 33. You're very familiar with this. I see the Spirit of God appear like a dove. And, and John the Baptist is saying, that the Lord spoke these words to him. See the Spirit of God appeared like a dove descending from the heavenly realm and landing upon him, and it rested upon him from that moment forward. And even though I've yet to experience him when I was commissioned to baptize with water, that's what the God spoke to him. God spoke these words to me. One day you will see the Spirit descend and remain upon a man, and he will be the one I have sent to baptize that I have sent to baptize with the Holy Spirit. So John the Baptist knew Jesus when he, he sees this, the Spirit descend on him. So here in Isaiah 11 is the Spirit that's going to be, the Spirit of Yahweh is going to be on Jesus before it happened. Then Jesus comes 
to get baptized by John, and John witnesses the Spirit descending on him like a dove, and John goes, now, we think he should have known he was cousins, but evidently he did not personally know him. The Spirit, he saw some manifestation of the Spirit falling on, descending on him as he came into the water. Wow, what did that look like? Because I'm sure it wasn't a bird that came down, you know. It was a spirit came down him, and he saw the manifestation of this, and he went, oh, he's the one. He's the one that's going to baptize with the spirit. I baptize with water. He's going to baptize with the spirit. So then in Acts 2, we have the day of Pentecost. Again, you're very familiar with this, but it's really refreshing to read. And verse 2, suddenly they heard the sound of a violent blast of wind rushing into the house from out of the heavenly realm. The roar of the wind was so overpowering, it was all anyone could bear. Then all at once a pillar of fire appeared before their eyes. It separated into tongues of fire that engulfed each one of them. They were all filled and equipped with the Holy Spirit and were inspired to speak in tongues, empowered by the Spirit to speak in languages they had never learned. So again, a manifestation. So as promised, the Spirit falls on Jesus. Yes, we know that. As also promised, the same Spirit falls on the believers. I know we know this stuff, but I'm going to ask the question, do we know this stuff? Do we know in our knower? Do we know deep in to the point that we walk around and saying, the Spirit descended on me. I've got what Jesus has got. I'm going to put on my little Jesus outfit, and I'm going to start imitating him. I'm going to act like Lincoln running around here. Look, look at my new shoes. You want to see how fast I can run in them? And he demonstrated around the church this morning. They're, they're into the character, and they're in, you know, and I'm getting all this story about Spider-Man. And There's Lincoln. How you doing? I'm using you. I owe you a dollar because I'm using you as an example. Do you not, when you watch the children worship and they're crazy dancing and like whatever, like don't you realize we should be like, we need to get, they don't need to grow up, we need to grow down. We need to get to this abandoned spirit. Micaiah's not like, wow. I'm like, it's really hard to lead worship when you've got that in front of you, you know, and pay attention to where I'm at. Very challenging. And I just, I love it. it I feel so peaceful when I look out. I could just like forget what I'm doing. It, it, it blesses me so much because there's a purity about it. There's, it's pure, it affects. When you get into that, you'll bless people because there's, such a, there's a purity about you. Wouldn't you love to be delivered from your self-consciousness? I know I, I still hate that thing. I still, I, I like the best when I can get beyond myself and my self-consciousness and just be. That's the best. That's the promise for us. We're to be in that. And you, you come into that with the anointing, with the spirit descending on you and living fully in it.
So the Spirit falls on us. Be imitators of God in everything you do, for then you will represent your Father as his beloved sons and daughters. And I'm like, whoa. When I read that, it impacted me. I mean, I've read it a million times, but when I read it, it, it impacted me. I got this picture of what beloved sons and daughters, I saw intimacy in this between father and sons and daughters. And just like, forget whether you have it or don't have it, that's not the point. It's the illustration that has value. And I have seen this where there's a, where sons and daughters have this true intimacy with their with their father. That is, there's you would use the word beloved, like there there's this true connection, like and love and respect and honor, like we grow into this place where we where we where we have this. It's kind of a unique relationship of all the relationships we have in the world to have with your father where there's, and you, you're, you're beloved children, like you're called beloved children because he's a beloved father. And, and I began to just meditate, like, wow, like the verse before, the words before, for then you will represent your father. So we're to be ambassadors, the we're to be the expression of, uh, of the example of the Father. We're to be a story of the Father. So when you find a son or daughter, even in the natural, that loves their, their father, like has that relationship, people will comment and, uh, in a good way. And with affection, they'll say, you're just like your father or, or mother. It doesn't really matter. Because they'll, they'll see they, they loved your father and mother and they'll look at you and you can tell they're looking at something that's beyond like they're looking at something special looking at affection and and you because you remind them of your of your parent and when we're little we're like oh don't do that you know but as you grow older and realize what that means it's like you're you're reminding me with affection of who your parents your parent was who your parents are you look like them. You act like them. We're like, I don't want to hear that. I'm like, uh, I'm not like my parents. Like older, later, you're like, yeah, that wasn't a bad thing. I just was, you know, full of myself. So this is, this is to be the relation. If the relationship is intimate and this devoted relationship with your father, you're going to take on looking and acting like people will recognize him in you. That's, I guess, where this is going. Uh, years and years and years and years ago, Amy Grant, sang, I think, sang a song, Father's Eyes. Was that, remember the song? And, uh, I mean, wow, nailed it. It was really good. You know, it was about this, about you have your father's eyes. Like, I, I want to have my father's eyes. There's still some changes that need to take place. If I'm connected to him, I look different. I act different. I have an, there's an aura that can be about you that you can keep because you have, you walk in that intimacy with the Father. Be imitators of God in everything you do for then 
you will represent your father as his beloved sons and daughters. Verse 2, and continue to walk surrendered to the extravagant love of Christ, for he surrendered his life as a sacrifice for us. His great love for us was pleasing to God like an aroma of adoration, a sweet, healing fragrance. So I was reminded, I looked at several verses, but I was reminded of, of Romans 8 uh, in, in 35. And in the Passion Translation, it's, it's really a long verse. It's, uh, but it's, who could ever separate us from the endless love of God's anointed one? So let's re-up our uh, revelation and awareness of 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 what it means to be connected to him and that nothing can separate you from this. Nothing legal can separate you from this. So if something has come in, it's illegal. It should not exist. It's not what heaven wants for you. So say no. I'm going to be, I'm at one with my father. I'm going to be close. I'm going to be intimate. I'm going to be an example. I'm going to, I'm going to make him famous just by, by how I act and what I carry. People are going to feel him when they see me. Absolutely no one can separate you. It goes on, for nothing in the universe has the power to diminish his love towards us. Troubles, pressures, problems, are unable to come between us and, and heaven's love. So those things should never come between us. Sometimes they do, but they don't have a right to. This is where our minds meet, need renewed. We're like, things are going bad, and you just think, well, I'm having a bad day. And... I know your father's not having a bad day, so why are you having a bad day? What's bad about it? Oh, yeah, that stuff? And that stuff's bothering you to where you've lost your smile and you've lost your hope and you've lost your faith and you lost your vision? That's just stuff. That's just stuff that the father's going to just throw away anyway. He's going to just, like, that's, those aren't obstacles. Those are going to keep you from anything important. What about persecutions and deprivations, dangers and death threats? I'm like, wow, this is scary. No, for they are all important. They are all important, uh, impotent to hinder omnipotent love, even through, even though, even though. They're all impotent to separate you. So when... Things have come, and we've, our countenance has fallen, and we're, we've lo- like, that's like all, when you share that with your friends, if they're, we're godly with one another, we're like, what? Why would you let that get you, you know? Like, I know we're so, we have, we've 
we all have this license in our pocket, like, I'm not doing well because I have problems. See, here's my card. They hand these out at our church. Things are bad enough, just pull out your card. Um, so you had a bad day, you know. I'm allowed to be depressed. I'm allowed to be whatever. Lost my dog, you know. I don't know, whatever. There's, I hope I can jolt you a little. There's a whole other way to look at things. Faith. Renew your mind. Embrace these amazing scriptures. Nothing can separate you. So walk surrendered to a father that nothing can separate you from. Walk surrendered to a Jesus that knows no bounds and no limitations and no disease and no sickness and no death. Walk surrendered to that. And then you can be an imitator of the one you called study him. Become an understudy of Jesus so you can live at that level. And we, we, all, we all need to come up to this. We do. I've not met too many people that have this all together. But the word says we can have it. Let's go by the promise and not by the experience. Yeah? Father, in Jesus' name, I just thank you so much for this um, supernatural gathering today. We worshiped, we came, we fellowship, we expressed our love to you. We accomplished a great, great thing when we come and worship. We participated with heaven to surround the throne today. We came and sat under your word that is powerful. They came down from heaven and it will not return without changing us. It will not return without affecting us. It will not return without causing a huge transformation in our life as we just say, yes, amen, I receive it. I receive your grace. I receive your favor. I, I want to transition into being an imitator studying you and thinking and pondering the different ways that you will respond than how I respond, the different ways that I could think the way you think, the different ways that I could handle situations and relate to people. Just transform my whole, my relationships, everything, my, my language, my speech, my tongue. Set a guard over my lips so I don't sin against you so that I represent you, whether at work or at play, that I represent you, and I draw people to you because you are glorious and you are worthy. And we have Jesus. We have believed on him. We are asking for the fullness. We're asking for all that you have for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Amen.